Likutei Sichos, Chelik Tezayin, Volume 16, the second Sicha for Parshas Ve'era. This is a Rashi Sicha. In fact, it's not an ordinary Rashi Sicha, I believe, because it covers several psukim, several verses, and bunches them together. But really, it comes all together from several, so to speak, it intersects and brings out the same point, the same conclusion, but by utilizing several psukim and several Rashis together. We're going to try, we'll make an attempt to cover the entire Sicha as much as possible. However, the main objective is to bring out the main point, the, thr- the, the gist of the Sicha, you know, get the thrust of the uh, explanation that the Rebbe brings out in Rashi. In order to better appreciate the Sicha, I would strongly suggest that you review in chapter Vav, chapter 6, from verse 20, that's Pasik Chaf, through verse 28 through Pasik Chavches, just to get familiarized with the back and forth of the, how the Torah describes the pedigree of Moshe So let's get into it. In Pasik Chavav, in, in verse 26, that's in chapter 6, after the Torah describes, spells out the pedigree of Aaron and Moshe, the Torah tells us who Aaron and Moshe. This is he is Aaron and Moshe. This is the Aaron and Moshe to whom Hashem spoke and who went before Pari. So Rashi comments, this is the heading in Rashi, and he says, who, are this, who is this Aaron and Moshe? So he says, Elu These are the Aaron and Moshe which are mentioned above in the course of the pedigree. Yocheved gave birth, Yocheved bore to Amram. And then Rashi continues in the same Rashi according to most versions. There are places where he prefaces Aaron to Moshe, and then there are places sometimes where he prefaces Moshe to Aaron. That's the more common. To tell you, lo malach to tell you, sheshkulim ke'achot, they're really, they're equal, they're both equal as one. That's Rashi. So Rashi is telling us, why does it say Aaron before Moshe? To tell us that they're equal as one. Now, if we look for a source, where does Rashi get this from? Obviously, Rashi, when he gives a an explanation, a commentary, it's not something that he made up. It's not something that he thought of. It's something he always has a source for it. So if we look for his source, we find it in the Tesefta, in the Medrash. But over there, it's slightly different. The verbiage there is not exactly the way Rashi brings it. And Rebbe will show us, Rebbe will point out how the choice of the exact choice of words that Rashi chose to present his pshat actually makes a whole lot of a difference. But let's look at the Medrash. What has the, how does the Medrash say? The Medrash says in every place, usually, he prefaces Moshe to Aaron, and in one place, in one place, that is here, he says Aaron before Moshe, and this is to tell you that they are shakul ze koze. They are equal one like the other. So already we notice that there are two, two different, diff, two, uh, there's two, there's two um, variations from Rashi to the Medrash. The Medrash says that only in one place does the Torah deviate, that the Torah differs, and therefore from there you can learn it. Rashi says there are some places, most places where the, where the Torah first prefaces Moshe to Aaron, and in some places, which implies that it's more than one, several verses, the Torah prefaces Aaron to Moshe. And then, and the conclusion, the lesson which we learn from it, 
Rashi says that they are shakul ke'echad, they're equal as one, whereas the Medrash says they're equal like one another. Doesn't sound like a whole lot of a difference, but we'll see later what difference this makes. So why does Rashi deviate, if that's the source of Rashi? And the answer is, you see, Rashi is exclusively pshutoi shel mikra, which means the basic, simple meaning of the verses. And therefore, had it been the case, had it been the fact that there's only one time in the Torah where the Torah changes and lists Aaron before Moshe, that would not be enough. That would not be sufficient to prompt us to learn that they're both equal. Why? Because we find for this a precedent. For example, and Rashi himself comments on it when the Torah deviates. For example, typically when it comes to the mitzvah of how one is supposed to, uh, how is one supposed to behave with one's parents, which is usually taught typically to honor one's parents, typically it always mentions the father before the mother. Like in the Ten Commandments, honor your father and mother. Well, when it comes to fearing the parents, it says, Ish imoi ve'aviv tiro. It says, each man, each person should fear the mother and father. And over there, Rashi comments that there is a reason why the Torah said it. It's not to tell us, quote, that they're all equal, father, mother, mother, father. But rather, in that specific place, in that specific instance, there is a reason why the Torah prefaces mother to father because typically in the case of fear, in the case of awe, in the case of respect that one has for parents, it typically is the case that one fears his father more than the mother. And therefore the Torah emphasizes the mother in order to tell us that you have to equally and you have to emphasize, you have to be diligent about fearing your mother as well as you do your father. In other words, it's not as natural. Okay. So therefore, Rashi could not rely on what the Medrash relies on because we're dealing with Pshut Shemikra. See, Pshut Shemikra has a certain type of protocol. Pshut Shemikra has a certain way of thinking. In this way of thinking, in this protocol, just having one time a difference would not be sufficient to tell us that Aaron and Moshe are, are the same. And therefore, Rashi tells us that there are several times. The question, however, is, so is this kind of like a dispute? Is this a debate in something that's an established fact? That means, is there one verse in which the Torah deviates like the Medrash says? Or are there several verses that like Rashi uh, seems to imply? In other words, you can, you, can, you can have a debate, you can have a dispute in a theory, in an idea, in ideology. But how is there a, 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 a differentiation between the, the Medrash and Rashi if, if it's a, an established fact? Are there more than one, so, is there more than one Pasuk in which the Torah states Aram before Moshe or not? The answer is, it seems, says the Rebbe, that there are in this context, in these several verses, which I encourage you to, to review, several times in which it says Aram before Moshe. However, According to the Medrash, they are not sufficient. They do, are not cause for us to be able to learn this idea from them. Why? Because in those places, in these several verses, which are these verses? Where it states the order of birth. It states the pedigree, the children. So it makes sense 
It's logical that the Torah mentions Aaron before Moshe. Why would that be logical? Because it's telling us the order of their birth. And the fact is, as the Torah itself tells us, as we all know, it's an established fact, that Aaron is older than Moshe. Aaron was born prior to Moshe. Even when the Torah tells us their ages, our Torah tells us Moshe is 80 years old and Aaron is 83 years old. So it's obvious, according to the Medrash, that this is not cause. These verses in which it states Aaron before Moshe are not cause to be able to learn anything out of them. However, according to Pshuti Shomikra, according to the way Rashi approaches it, they are cause, uh, cause for us to count them as those several verses, as those several verses which Rashi mentioned, in order for us to learn this idea that Moshe and Aaron are all at one. For example, Let's take the verse, verse 20. It says, Amram married Yochevet. He took her for a wife, and she bore to him Aaron and Moshe. So it's clear that according to the Medrash, because it's just telling us the children that they had, so it tells us Aaron before Moshe. Okay? But according to Rashi not, as we'll find out. Another example is, let's go later to a later Chumash, in Chumash Bamidbar. If you look in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, the Eila told us Aaron and Moshe. Again, it's just telling us the offspring of Aaron and Moshe. It's telling us the pedigree, telling us the families of Aaron and Moshe. And of there again, according to the way the Medrash sees it, according to the approach of the Medrash, it makes sense that it mentioned Aaron before Moshe. Not that he's greater than him, but because when we're talking about toldos, we're talking about children, we're talking about offspring, it makes sense, it follows that logic that Aaron should be mentioned before Moshe because he is older than him. And the same is later in Parshas Pinchas, where it says, again, that she bore to Amram, Aaron, Aaron and his brother Moshe. Again, it's in accordance with their birth. But this actually makes the question even stronger. So what is Rashi's thought process? In other words, what does Rashi really have here that he says, no, it's not about... It just simply enumerating the order of their birth, the order of their pedigree. But rather, there's something more here, for which reason, really, Moshe should have been mentioned first, and since Aaron is mentioned first, this provides sufficient cause, sufficient reason to deduce that Aaron and Moshe are the same. So to understand this better, let's take a closer look at the Rashi. Let's take a closer look. First of all, what is the connection between the first part of Rashi and the second part of Rashi? It seems like that it should really be in two separate headings. First part of Rashi says, these are the ones that were that are mentioned above that were born to, to, to Yocheved and Amram. And the second part of Rashi tells us that they tell us that they're both equal. What is the connection? Okay? And the truth is, if you would think about it, it would seem, if you look now in the next verse, it would seem that in the next words we revert back to saying Moshe before Aaron. It says, who Moshe Aaron, that there is where Rashi should have made this comment to tell us that they're equal. Because if you see in one verse, it says, who Aaron for Moshe. This is Aaron, and then it mentions Moshe. And in the next verse, it says Moshe, and then Aaron. Wow, that is cause to say, wow, this tells us that they're all equal. There is no you know, order of just Moshe first or just Aaron first. They're both the same. Another question. What is Rashi in the first place? What is he at all telling us? That they are the ones that were born to Yocheved and Armon. I mean, isn't this clear and obvious? Isn't this what we've been saying all the time? 
It's so clear. It's so obvious. Why does it have to? Well, how does he comment on the words who Aaron and Moshe? He is. They are Aaron and Moshe. He says, oh, those are the same ones that are mentioned above that were born to Yochever and, and Amram. What is he really telling us with that? And then another thing, as we already mentioned, there seems to be a deviation where the Medrash says, Shkulim that they were equal one to another. And Rashi says, no, Shkulim Ke'echad. They're equal like one. They're, all, they're both as one. They're not similar to one another. They're not on the same equal standing, but rather they're literally like one. And here is really the strongest question. What really does that mean that they're equal, that they're both the same? Doesn't any, everyone and anyone know that Moshe is the savior of the Jewish people. Moshe is the one who did all of it. Moshe is the one who did the, the act of taking them out of Mitzrayim and splitting the sea and all the great things, all the wondrous things. So how could we say, how is it possible that the Torah is teaching us that they're both equal? And the answer to all of this is as follows. When we start, when we start this whole bunch of verses, there becomes the question, why altogether? Why is the Torah even telling this to us? In other words, why is the Torah telling us in the first place that Moshe and Aaron were born to Yochever and Hamram and that they are the ones who speak into the Paro? This is, this is all self-understood. We kind of know this already. A lot of this is really superfluous. A lot of this is really totally unnecessary. It, so it would seem. In other words, what really... What really is the Torah trying to tell us? And the answer is, and this is what Rashi understood, according to Pshut Mikra, what the Torah is trying to tell us, the Torah is trying to explain to us, why Moshe and Aaron? Why these two brothers? Why were they the ones that had the merit to carry out these miracles to be the ones to speak to Paro, to be the ones to take the Yidna out of Mitzrayim. Why them? And therefore the Torah stresses that this is Aaron and Moshe. Who Aaron and Moshe? These are the same two. And this is what Rashi says. These are the two that were born to Yochever and Amram. Who is this Yochever and Amram? We already know from last week's Parsha. Yochever is the chief midwife, the nurse, who defied she had the courage, she had the charisma, she had the audacity to defy Paro. Not only did she not kill the babies, but she went even further with her mysterious nefesh, with her selflessness and her self-sacrifice. She said, it's like it says, that she sustained the children. Not only she didn't kill them, but she made sure that they were healthy and well. Amram, who's her husband, Amram? Again, an example of Mesiris Nefesh, an example of tenacity and strength. Somebody who, even though there was a decree to kill the children, he went ahead and he married again his wife and wasn't afraid of having more children in face of, in spite of this terrible decree of, of, uh, of, of killing the children, of killing the boys. And this is what Rashi means and Rashi says, when Rashi comments, and this is the Moshe and Aaron that were born to Yochever and Amram. But according to this, of course, the question would be, if that's the case, if that's what it's all about, then, then more so, 
more, for certainly Moshe should have been mentioned before Paro. Follow now the thinking, the logic. If this is the case, this is what the Torah is trying to tell us, that what? That this is Moshe and Aaron. Why did they merit to be who they are? Why did they merit to carry out this special wondrous task that they carried out? Because they were the children of Yocheved and Amram, these two super Bali Mesiris Nefesh, these two super great heroes of self-sacrifice, then it would make sense, or make even more sense, that Moshe should be mentioned before Aaron. Because the fact is, think of it. When does all this play out? When did the Messias Nefesh of Yocheved and Amram play out? Prior to Moshe's birth or surrounding Moshe's birth, not Aaron's. If you think about it, Aaron was already born. When, Yocheved, when Amram divorced Yocheved and later remarried her, or when, he, when Pari gave the decree of throwing all the babies into the Nile, Aaron was already alive. Aaron was already there. The whole Messias Nefesh, all this self-sacrifice, all this tenacity, all this super koyach, all the super strength that they had to defy Paro or to defy the decree, not to be afraid of it. That was all surrounding Moshe's birth. And therefore would make the most sense that Moshe should be mentioned first in this, not Aaron. Because their whole pedigree, the whole Yichus, was because of Yechavon and Aaron surrounding Moshe's birth and Moshe's existence. That's why, from the fact that the Torah says Aaron before Moshe in this verse, that's why Rashi continues in the Rashi and he says, sometimes the Torah mentions Aaron first, sometimes the Torah mentions uh, Moshe first, and then sometimes the Torah mentions Aaron first. Because in this whole discussion, not just this verse, all the verses prior. That's the whole point why the Torah is even going through this pedigree in the first place. Really, there would be no reason, like we said in the question phase, we know this already. We know who Moshe is, we know who Aaron is, we know who Yuchavit is, we know who Amram is. We know who they are. The reason the Torah is telling us is to emphasize, to tell us why they are the people they are, why they had this special privilege, this special schus of carrying out this special mission. Therefore, it would have made sense that in all these verses, not just in this verse, in all these verses that he should have mentioned Moshe before Paro, because it's really more about Moshe. It, the greatness of Yocheved and Amram stands out more in regards to Moshe than it does at all in regards to Aaron. He was born in a normal circumstance, a normal situation. There was no reason for Mesiris Nefesh when he was born. And this is this is this is why Rashi says, quote, there are places where it says Aaron before Moshe several times, because each one of these times is not just another time that it's mentioning the order of the birth, like we said, explaining the Medrash, but this is actually part of the whole discussion of explaining this whole concept, how they came to be, who they were, and therefore would have made most sense that Moshe should have been mentioned before Aaron. And now we can come to understand why Rashi says, he uses a different expression than the Medrash uses in telling us that they're equal. Remember, if you recall, the Medrash says, that they're equal, they're similar to one another. And Rashi uses the 
expression of shkulim ke'echod, like one, which is much different and stronger than zekazeh. You see, shkulim zekazeh would really imply, if let's let's translate it, let's interpret it, which really means that they're both on the same great level. They're equal to one another. They're both great tzaddikim. They're tremendously righteous. They're both great people. Shkulim ke'echod means that they're equal. They're like one. And that is the emphasis here, according to Rashi's way of thinking, according to Rashi's way of understanding this, according to Pshuti Shemikra. Fueled by Pshuti Shemikra, we have to realize, although throughout the entire story of the of the of the of the um, exodus of the of the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and all the miracles surrounding it and going to Pari and the, the plagues and so on and so forth, it would seem the appearance is that Moshe is the Ikar, that Moshe really is the main character in the story, that Moshe is the main representative. Moshe is really who's doing everything, and it's just Aaron who's almost like a sidekick, or Aaron is just like a secondary to him. It says there's Rashi. Based on Shudish and Mikra, based on the understanding that we have now, the appreciation we have now, that no, Shkulin Ke'echad, they're equal like one. Although it appears that Moshe was greater, although it appears that Moshe um, took the lead, was in the lead, no, the Torah is telling us Shkulin Ke'echad, they're equal like one. And now we can also appreciate why the Torah goes again and repeats. They are the ones who spoke to Parai. Again, it's telling us that where did they get the strength? Where did they get this tenacity? Where do they have the chutzpah to stand in front of Parai? Where do they have that charisma, that courage from? Because they're the same people. These are the same two that her that their mother already was not afraid to defy Paro. And again, again and again, it goes over the same point. That is what the Torah is stressing over and over and over again that this is their pedigree, not the order of their birth, biologically, but spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, where do they get the strength, where do they get to be who they are, from Yocheven and from Amru. And now everything becomes clear. Now the truth is, I want to say, it would be worthwhile to look into the Sikha, there's still a great lesson which the Rebbe teaches us, according on a deeper level, according to Chassidus, but I wanted to keep it short, and try to keep it to, you know, to, to the regular time of 20, 20 something minutes, but this is the gist of what the Rebbe um, is explaining in Pshut Shemikra uh, in these Rashi.